Welcome to Flipping Off, a purpose-driven podcast about flipping houses and making a difference. All right. Good afternoon. Melina Boswell here, founder and CEO of New Wealth Advisors Club. And normally, uh, as I start podcasts, I'm usually uh, giggling and laughing and having a lot of fun. And um, today, it's it's uh, all I, I, you know. My joy isn't gone, right? I feel joy in my heart, but um, but my spirit is heavy. You know, um, I feel heavy based on. Um, just the current state of our affairs um, as a as a nation, um, as a state, as a city, and you know specifically as a just a human. Um, my heart is heavy, and I've spent the last few days. This is on the heels of um, Pentecost weekend, yeah. <laughs> which is interesting, uh, and, and a lot of uh, protests and demonstrations. Um, to uh, create a conversation um, for change, I think, and maybe, um, yeah, awareness. You know, there's so many words, I think, that are cliche and clicky, and, and my, my big concern is that they don't have any power behind them. So uh, today I'm taking a different turn uh, for the podcast recording, and I have um, a special guest, a very, very dear friend of mine, and. Um, Mentor in many ways, Mr. Sylvester Wallace. Hey. We also call him <laughs> Sly. Um, and I have in the house also my son David Boswell. Hey guys. Oh, yeah, Amir Eliav. Hey guys. <laughs> and Oscar Solaris. Hey everyone. So we are your rat-a-tat-tat panel for today. <laughs> the table of the misfits. Yeah. And uh, I just wanted to have a conversation today, and I asked Sly to come down as a, um, a leader in the community. That's how I see you, an African-American male mm -hmm. leader in the community, leader of a church, pastors a church, mm -hmm. um, also personal trainer. Yeah. So you have a lot of influence over a lot of people. Right. Um, and so I, I you know, I, I called Sly and I said, hey, would you be willing to have a conversation with me about the state of our nation? And Sly said, absolutely. And so I was sharing with him that, you know, on Sunday, um, I, I went down to one of the protests in um, downtown Huntington Beach where I live in my city. And I was, I was there and I was so moved. Um, by the people that were there. I was moved by the, um, you know, I felt such pain, mm -hmm. such honest, real pain and cries. Um, and I, you know, just hearing, I can't breathe. It was devastating, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so, I, I was I was in tears most of the time, and I, I spent my time, I felt it would be arrogant for me to say anything. I felt like I had no right to say anything, and so I just decided that the best practice, the best thing that I could do was experience what everybody else was feeling and to pray and to provide covering, and that's how I viewed my position and my purpose for being there. And um, as I was there, um, in all the beauty, um, as people began to sort of disassemble after, after a very calm, peaceful, wonderful protest of seriously nothing but love, um, as it started to break up, I heard people start mumbling and saying things like, well, that was boring. And, you know, later on that day, I, it, it turned into fights and it became violent and, and, and you know, Here's, I think, the thing that happened for me is somebody said, you know, why do, the, why do they have to, you know, riot? And I said, it just hit me so square in my eyes that nobody listens to the peaceful <laughs> protest until something's on fire. Mm, it's true. <laughs> it's a true statement. Right? Unfortunately. It's a true statement. And it just broke my heart. Mm -hmm. And I felt so heavy. And I felt like I, I can't, I couldn't even, I couldn't get out of bed. I just was so devastated. And I became so unbelievably aware of, um, I, I never consider myself ever to see people in color. Mm -hmm. 
And I've come to the realization, I don't believe that um, I would say people that are, for example, um, pursuing real estate investment as an entrepreneur or they're looking at entrepreneurship, I bet you 99.9% of them will absolutely say there is not one racist bone in my body. Mm -hmm. And I believe that they believe that. But what I now recognize is that there is this unconscious bias, Mm -hmm. this, Mm -hmm. and I told you this, institutionalized racism that our country was actually founded on. And I want to talk about that mm-hmm. because I want people to have the same conviction. And, and you know, for the first time ever, I didn't tell you this. I heard somebody say, <laughs> when people were saying Black Lives Matter and somebody said all lives matter, and I just felt this pierce in my heart of, shut your mouth. <laughs> Don't say that. It's so rude. It's so disrespectful. It is It is the game. It's like the devil of comparison. Don't compare. And I likened it to when Dave died and people would say, oh, I lost my grandmother. And you're like, that's not the same. Your pain is real, but it's not the same. All lives do matter. That's not this conversation. And so I really want people to be made aware of it. And I want people to get pierced in their hearts like I have been. Because I think... I don't think any policy changes anything, Sly. <laughs> At all. It's it's really sad. I can tell you, um, this is unfortunately common ground for me now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember 1992, mm-hmm. and I and uh, Taisha Miller mm-hmm. right here in mm-hmm. Riverside, mm-hmm. and then I can even go back into history where two of my uncles were killed by Klan members and their wives. They raped their wives and they put their bodies on the train track and said that they were killed by the trains. Mm. There was never an investigation. There was never any justice. And so for me, this pain runs extraordinarily deep for me. And it really really puts an individual in a position of desperation. Mm. I am not not a man of war per se. I'm not a... uh, I'm not a violent man at all, but to know that an innocent life was sifted slowly. Mm. I mean, eight minutes, eight, what can you do in eight minutes? You can make a sandwich, you can wash your car, you can read a chapter in a book, you can do homework, you can, eight minutes as an eternity for someone to put their weight and look callously off as if you don't even matter. Mm-hmm. What is an institution? It, it's so ingrained in our thought process. Mm-hmm. It's so ingrained in the institution of what the United States is. Mm-hmm. It's in our DNA mm-hmm. that you can kill somebody mm-hmm. without feeling, mm-hmm. without apparent ramifications. Mm-hmm. And so Sunday, I... I must confess to you that I didn't preach on the Pentecost. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I wasn't talking. I wasn't talking about let the Holy Spirit come down, Jesus. <laughs> I was talking. About, Let's burn that man and tap it down. Let's go set it on fire. I am so sick of this. <laughs> but that, but that's the point of desperation mm-hmm. that we feel as a community. And I think I can summarize the experience. It's we're tired. We're frustrated. We have protested peacefully to no avail. We have petitioned law enforcement in the highest echelons of leadership, no avail. And I get the protesters. This is a different generation. Mm-hmm. It, you know, before when I was a kid, uh, not as a kid, but in 1992 during the Rodney King riots, mm-hmm. it was African Americans predominantly and mm-hmm. a few sprinkled people here and there. Mm-hmm. No, I looked at the Riverside mm-hmm. uh, protest. Yeah. It was like, that's all white people. Yes. <laughs> I was like, hey, where's all the black people? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, it's true. Hey, this is it's weird. true. But yeah. people yeah. as a whole are seeing that the institutional, galvanized, uh, reinforced racism is unjust. But to be quite frank with you, when you tie racism to finances, mm. when you mm. tie racism, that, that, that's the key. Mm-hmm. It, racism is tied into the very structure, the DNA of our society, because it's financially driven. Mm. And when you tie money to hatred, what do you mean by that? You mean like, like 
the well, like for of instance, money. like during during the Bill Clinton era, there uh, they built more prisons, mm -hmm. and and Bill Bill Clinton Bill Clinton is a Democrat, mm -hmm. and then the three strike law came, okay. The three strike law impacted minorities more than anybody else. Mm -hmm. The prisons were able to be, um, the prisons were uh, privately owned. Mm -hmm. So obviously the more people in the prisons, the more money that I make. So for me to be able to uh, stereotype you yeah. or for me to be able to uh, racially profile you, it's now a matter of resources. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's, it's all a matter of money. And so until you break the backbone of, mm. of, of, of economics or racial economics, it's never going to change. Mm. It's never going to change. Wow. Wow. Yeah, they, <clears throat> I love what you said there, right, the, the finances, because on the prison side of things, it really did become an investment vehicle. So cool. Yeah. Wow. It was an investment yeah. vehicle, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and people step into an investment. They don't process what they're really truly investing in. Mm -hmm. It's like when I buy a stock in Apple, for example, right? That's it's good. like, oh, it's technology. Yeah, got it. Yeah. But it's not presented as this is the New York State prison that I'm investing in. Yeah. It's a it's a re, it's a fund yeah, that they invest right. in, that's right? Mm -hmm. And that's and now you have these people that are don't know what they're investing in. Nope. People know, right? But certain people mm -hmm. are are blind to it because they don't do their research. They don't really do the analysis behind it. It's 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 insane. Yeah. yeah. So it's a great point. Yeah. Great, great point. Yeah. And it's really, I'm glad. No, no. I'm just thinking, I, you know, like I didn't even dawn on me to have that conversation. Didn't even, like, I, I'm just tripping out right now on just how ugly it is. Mm -hmm. Just how seedy and disgusting it is, right? Yeah, yeah. When you tie it, tie hatred to money, and yeah. and and here's my question for you: Do you believe that that um, people who bought right that stock, if they don't know, I think times have changed now. I I feel like times have changed, and people actually care much much more now. Mm -hmm. They do um, more research. They, they do they, more they, research yeah, now. People are more, taking yeah. more responsibility. <laughs> Uh, but I wonder if people really understood or they just don't think anything of it. Yeah, it's, it's really, it's, it's really capitalism at its finest. It really is. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's supply and demand. Yeah. It was interesting because my wife and I, we were watching the TV and... Big mistake. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> terrible, terrible mistake. Terrible, terrible. So we're watching the TV and how the media propagates and and uses a format of sensationalism mm -hmm. to for ratings yeah. you did not i mean i had no idea that huntington was protesting yeah yeah until the mm -hmm. news flash comes mm -hmm. on uh anti-protest clashes and it's this big violent thing mm -hmm. and it was like there is sensation again that goes back to economics. So if I sensationalize, I get viewers. If mm -hmm. I get viewers, I get sponsorships. If I get sponsorships, the bottom line is we make money. Right. Mm -hmm. And right. so it's just really sad. And until this until there is at the risk of sounding a tad bit militant. Because <laughs> I can be a little militant and once in a while. <laughs> I think we're two generations away from leveling mm. the impact of racism, and this mm. is why. <laughs> if we can get our children's children to be in position, <laughs> to sit on the judges' seats, yes. to become law enforcement, mm. to become the attorneys, yes. to become the investors. That's why I love what you do. Mm -hmm. You create an environment for persons, regardless of their background, right. regardless of their socioeconomics, regardless of how they started, to create wealth, to impact change. Yes. Wealth is power. Yes, it is. I don't care how you slice it or dice it. That's right. Wealth is power. Mm -hmm. And for us to be able to get in these positions to influence change, become the congressmen, become, you know, become senators, because as long as we're violently protesting, yeah. That that goes back to regentrification, mm -hmm. because once you violently protest and you burn down Timmy's uh, supermarket, mm -hmm. Timmy's not going to build the supermarket in your neighborhood again. That's mm -hmm. right. He's going to go up the street 
And then that's going to be empty. And you know what? Some investor's going to come in with money. Yep. And he's going to regentrify your area and he's going to push you out of the area that you could afford. And now that increases the homeless situation. It's a vicious, it's a vicious circle. And again, it all goes back to money. But anyways, my mm-hmm. wife and I was watching the TV and the news media was only showing African-Americans looting. It's true. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. And that's not, yeah. So we went to see, even CNN as, <laughs> as I'm not going to go there, but okay. Praise the Lord. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> it seems like as soon as like there was like different minority or when, when other races started looting, now I'm switching over to, uh, you know, and I was like, no, come on. Yeah, they panned away. That's true. Because they're perpetuating fear. Mm-hmm. Fear sells, but what about, what about, you know, being the African-American and driving down the street and driving by law enforcement and wondering, am I going to get stopped today? Mm-hmm. This is a true story. When I moved to Corona, I moved to Corona because my, I moved there because my son is a phenomenal wrestler. So I wanted to create an environment so he can be successful. And they had great coaches at a school called Centennial. Mm-hmm. I was literally stopped four times in two weeks by the same law enforcement, the exact same person. The same cop? The same cop. Really? It was so bad. On the last time that this individual stopped me, I looked at her and I was like, I know you. (laughs) She goes, all right, right, just go, just go. And she let me off and that's the last time she stopped me. But it was just the fact that now I'm driving down Rimpaw or I'm driving up the street wondering, Am I going to get stopped today just because I'm black? Mm-hmm. That's a real pain. It, this, is, this is not something that, that I'm delusional. Listen, I'm a United States Marine Corps. I'm, I mean, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a disabled veteran. I believe in the United States of America. I believe in the land of the free and the home mm-hmm. of the brave. I was willing to put my life on the line. Mm-hmm. I, I've done things for this nation that mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily proud of. Mm-hmm. And then to come back to the same nation when I'm willing to die for and be treated in a second class citizen, it's offensive. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, what was the point? What was the point? That is really um, mind boggling too when you, when, when you say two uncles were murdered. Yeah. What? Yeah. Right, and you went and defended this country. Yeah, yeah. Right. Matter of fact, my parents were upset. Mm. Were they? Oh, the gener. I mean, that's why I'm saying two generations. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because legacy is real. Yeah, that's right. That's mm. right. It was so intense for me when I, I said, "Mom and Dad, I want to go to the Marine Corps," and they were like. Mm. You really, do you know your uncles were killed Mm -hmm. and this and this and that? You want to die for a nation that doesn't give a blank about you? This is what you expect and this and they went on and on. And the whole time I was in the service, they disagreed, but they were supportive just because of my decision. It wasn't until I got out that I began to understand what racism really was. Do you know? No, actually, I really found out what racism was in the service. Mm. Really? Oh, yeah. I mm. had no idea there were so many derogatory names for black people, white wow. people, Jewish people, Mexican yeah. people. I, yeah. I was like, what? what? Hey, whoa, whoa. It's yeah. not, it's, 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 it's taught there. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's, it's segregated. The military is segregated. Like, they have tables. And you can vouch for this, right? Because you're in the Marine Corps, yeah, right? Yeah, so you know. Like, yeah. like the brothers ate mm-hmm. here. The Mexicans ain't here. Mm-hmm. The white people ain't here. It's like jail. <laughs> Hi, this is Christian Rios. As many of you know, I have been a member of New Wealth Advisors Club for over seven years and got started when I was 17 years old with absolutely no real estate experience. One of the biggest lessons I have learned from being in the industry is the need for authentic relationships. If you're looking for an actual team locally in Southern California with all the resources needed to close deals, register for one of our free workshops by visiting www.joinnwac.com. Thanks for listening to the Flippin' Off podcast. All right. Yeah, so you know, like, like the brothers ate here. The Mexicans ain't here. Mm-hmm. The white people ain't here. It's like jail. I'm serious. Tell them, tell them, tell them about it, man. So when I went to Okinawa yeah. and I spent time there, I was there for a year, 
and I ran into an old crusty master gunnery sergeant, right, <clears throat> and a master sergeant, and they were in in the 60s. Ooh, yeah. So they were telling us all the, because we were, you know, for me it was, as a minority, mm-hmm. it's weird, right? Because you think it's a, it's, a, it's a unit, so we're all one. And when it comes down to it, I think we are. Mm-hmm. But peacetime does some weird stuff, oh, right? Yeah. Peacetime <laughs> is where everybody's like yeah, everybody clicky and does all yeah. that. Softens up. But they were talking about how you would have the white military guys chasing the minorities across the base yeah. in fights yeah. during mm-hmm. the 60s. Yeah. But then when crap hit the fan, yeah. everybody's together. Everybody's together, defending each other. Got each other's six. We got each other's yeah. back. Everything's good, yeah. right? And but then you get to, you go back to peace, and mm. weird things happen in peace. Mm. And you know, I've always said that um, all military services, police forces, all of that, right, is a direct reflection Ooh, of the community good. and the societies. That's good, right? So you don't you can't be fooled to think that you're stepping into a different environment and not expect what's out there. It's yeah. just not possible. Yeah, that's right. Because that's, that's where good. you're picking people from. Oh, mm. right. You're picking you're picking people from the south. You're picking mm-hmm. people from the coasts. Mm-hmm. You're picking people from the Midwest, mm-hmm. right? And we all show up with our own beliefs. That's good. I mean, there's there's people that don't know. When I joined, there was people that were like, "What are you? <laughs> what are you? <laughs> <laughs> like, you're not black. You're, and you're not white." <laughs> Well, I never met no Hispanic, right? I was like, <laughs> like seriously, that's right. Right. You're it's just, it, sure. it really was that. It's very similar. Depending to the where you're from. Army too. Yeah. yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, because up until so we go to the army at the age of eighteen, everybody go. Mm-hmm. So. It's, you know, you live in your own bubble until you're 18, and then you're coming to a place where all of your, like, the whole country is there mixed, and you get exposed to, you know, personalities, backgrounds that it's, it's absolutely. So, Amir, that's an interesting question. So... Um, what are the different backgrounds? Is it more, um, is it more religious? Is it more religion? <clears throat> in Israel? Yeah. Versus skin color, for example. Right. Our, yeah, our wound, if, if you like, uh-huh. you know, our wound in the society is not, is not the skin color, right? Uh-huh. Like for us, it's, by the way, it's, for us, it's, you know, it, it's religion. Yeah. It wow. is ethnicity, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. We have, we have, we have different, you know, just different minorities, you know, that, that, um, that absolutely suffer from, you know, from suppression. It's real. And, you know, I'm just, I'm sitting here and I'm just, I'm listening, Sly, and I'm, I'm just so grateful that you're here. I am so great, grateful that your, your, your voice is, 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 you know, heard in, in our community. It was, it's something I, I, Kevin, can't even, like, tell you enough. Like, for me, since this whole thing started, right, I've, I'm, I'm living in the States <clears throat> for eight years now, something like that. Mm-hmm. And I always kind of, I always refrained from touching that subject. Mm-hmm. Because I always felt, you know, it's, it's, I, I didn't grow up here. You know, I, I don't know, like, the nuances in culture. I don't want to, like, speak about something that I know how deep, how, how deeply rooted that is, and I don't want to, like, just say something and sound like I know mm-hmm. we have in Israel enough laundry of our own, right? And when, and when I hear opinions, you know, about what's going on in, <clears throat> in our society, mm-hmm. regardless if it's... You know, if it's pro or, or, you know, that's also subjective. But regardless of what that opinion is, it always sounds a bit... Arrogant. Arrogant, not smart. Ignorant. Ignorant. (laughs) Even if it's like what I want to hear. It's pro-Israel, right? Like whatever. It's just not, it's just ignorant. So, Mm -hmm. but this one, this one, when I saw that video... Just shook me to my core, mm-hmm. to my core, and yeah. and I feel personally, I feel I'm not, you know, I'm not the only one. Yeah. 
like I've never seen because we've been here. We've been here, Eric Gurner, and we've been to other, you know, black young men that were that you know that that were killed by police officers. We've been here in the last at least when I, when by the time I'm here, and it feels like this one hit different yeah. to to a, lot, to a lot because you've seen it. It's eight minutes. Eight minutes. We could clear a house in a combat environment in less than eight minutes. Mm -hmm. you, you, <laughs> I, I just, I, I'm wrapping my brain. No one had around, what about common human decency? Seriously. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. just, sir, he's saying he can't breathe. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I'm not gonna be content until you die. Yeah. That, that was the look, man, but, we're taught. I mean, I remember, I remember my father having a conversation with me. He said, son, this, this, this is just, this is the kind of um, situations that, that further perpetuate, you know, that mindset. My mother and father told me we were living in uh, Syracuse, New York, and we was in the hood. Like, when I say the hood, the hood, not the hood, the hood, okay? <laughs> <laughs> we were in the hood. And so my father got a break, and he started working for this company called um, Anheuser-Busch. <laughs> and so that was, like, big deal, because they paid, like, a lot of good money, right? And my mom started working for General Motors. So we w moved to the suburbs and called Cicero, New York. Mm -hmm. Cicero, New York. And my father had to sit me down, because I'm like, oh, we got a backyard now. Oh, look, we got toys. Oh, look, we got neighbors. And so, <laughs> this is great, right? This is dope. My father sat me down and said, listen, son, the kids may be cool with you, but the parents are not. You can't go to their houses. They don't feel like you feel for them. And so he had to give me, no, Dad, no, I like little Tommy. And then I, I went to little Tommy's house, and little Tommy's father's like, you can't come in here. Mm. And it was like, this is systemic. Yes. And the conversations that I had to have with my sons, mm -hmm. check it out. Listen, man, you're a great athlete. Mm -hmm. <laughs> as long as you're playing ball, as long as you're doing this, They'll love you. Mm. But I promise you, when the music stops mm. and the basketball goes down and the wrestling uniform gets folded away, they don't want to be bothered. Dad, that's your generation. That's what I'm talking about. And again, he's seen it happen. It really starts with conversations like these. Mm -hmm. when, with, with us forcing our kids to have exposure yes. to different people. Mm -hmm. Racism can be disseminated if we just expose one another. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm from New York. Only people I've seen was Puerto Rican and black and white and yeah. Italian. Yeah. <laughs> when I got out here, I seen a burrito for the first time. I was like, Del Taco, what is that? <laughs> I was like, this is dope. I like Del Taco. <laughs> I'm serious. I, there's no Del Tacos in Syracuse, New York. Come on, man. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's right. just where I thought. Yeah. And Not it's just right exposure. <laughs> we can't be a, an, uh, we can't be blind and ambivalent to the differences in one another. I think it's beautiful. Can you, I, I had a thought if, if the world was, was black, I was like, that would suck. Right. If everybody was black, I was like, oh, he, yeah, he's black. Yeah. No, there's another black guy over there. Yep. Another <laughs> there. But I like the beautiful things that, you know, that Asian brings. Mm -hmm. I like I like the beauty in, in, in like the white people and the Polish and the German and mm -hmm. we all make this beautiful symphony of 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 artistic love that God put us mm -hmm. all together so we can enjoy that and not use it to kill one another. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's so true. I was I was sharing um, earlier that I I was, I was having a conversation. You know, I've had so many conversations specifically with my dad. Um, my dad is 83. And, uh, and just asking him about the 68 riots and what that was like. And, and um, he was like, he told me, you know, it's so interesting. I said, how did you feel? Like, were you outraged? And he said, yeah. He goes, you know, 
it's, mm-hmm. he said, at the time I was living in Pasadena mm-hmm. and he said, and my roommate was black. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, my dad said it was such a unique thing he realizes now being raised and born and raised in Riverside, California. Because Riverside is such a, um, well, because we are the city of refuge. We were created as a city of refuge. So we have, we've always been so diverse, you know, and because my best friend and I were talking about this, how we didn't, we went to school with like, just multicolors. Mm-hmm. There was never, it was, I never felt that in my, it, mm-hmm. nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, my dad was sharing with me, um, and this was, I think, probably goes back to my conversation about it's a mindset. And this is where my dad and I got to, because somebody said, well, what policies do, need, do we need to change? And I said, I don't even know if it's policy. Mm-hmm. Don't you think it's a mindset? Yeah. Yeah, it's a mindset. It's, it's, you know, and um, my dad said, yeah, you know, as I think about it, he goes, we, we owned orange groves. And my dad said, you know, and this was in the 30s. And he said, and uh, we didn't have people that worked for us. They worked with us. Mm. And we had, we had black families. We had white families, which was our family, right? And, uh, and then Mexican families. And my dad was telling me that uh, he said, we grew all of our own vegetables. He said, my dad, which would be my grandfather, mm-hmm. was um, a farmer. And he said, we always grew all of our own um, vegetables. And he said, in fact, my, my dad actually had three separate gardens <laughs> for the th- three separate families. I love it. He said, because it turns out, my, this is what my, exactly what my dad said. He goes, you know, the black folks like to eat different vegetables than the Mexicans <laughs> like to eat. <laughs> and, and they like to eat different vegetables than the white folks like to eat. And, he, and my dad said, and so it wasn't that they were segregated. It was that this is the food that they liked. And so yeah. we would share food with each other. Yeah. And he said, I can remember my mom like trying different, you know, dishes and learning yeah. how to cook new vegetables yeah, and that, learning about each yes. other. And so yes. isn't that interesting? So don't yeah. you think, though, that that has something to do with the mindset? Somehow Absolutely. I was lucky enough and blessed enough to have grandparents who were, you know, I don't know, wise. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. right? And then they, they raised my dad that way, but there was never a conversation. Yeah, especially in those days. No. Jim Crow and segregation, they were they were phenomenal people to do that. It's yeah, just, I didn't even know that. And I think I just told, I was embarrassed to admit this. I'm totally embarrassed. And this is why I wanted to have the conversation. I'm so not proud that I had to, I had to look up what Jim Crow was. Hmm. Don't look at me like that. I know. I don't even know. <laughs> He's like, what? How? I know. Surprised, right? I seriously didn't know. You don't know either. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people don't. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, so I mean, Tell us. Jim Crow is okay. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Well, way back, back, back. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let me just summarize it because I don't know yeah. if we have enough time. Mm-hmm. Jim Crow was basically systemic institutionalized racism and segregation at its finest. Mm-hmm. Basically gave you the steps and how to be an effective racist. <laughs> yeah. For real, that's <laughs> Seriously. what it was. It gave you is steps. That, is that the person? Is that the <laughs> it, no, Jim Crow was how that, I'm not sure if it was a person, but it, it really basically gave you the steps and how to do it. Like, um, and, and it was a movement backwards. Oh, absolutely. It was a backwards movement absolutely. because there was a time. We went for 10 years in the late 1800s where, um, in the early 1900s, where we, we, had, we had broken mm-hmm. um, segregation. Mm-hmm. We, had, we had ended slavery. So, and we had people, we had black people that were moving you know, wide along. Mm-hmm. And then the federal government stepped out. Yeah. Yeah, then then came Reconstruction. Reconstruction. And then Jim Crow. Yeah. And then and and then white supremacy. Yeah. And and da 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 da. Mm-hmm. So Jim Crow though was basically just that. Institutionalized racism mm-hmm. put into government, put into practices, put into business. You know what I'm hearing, right? Like it's for me I can obviously relate to it so much because you know, in the 40s in Europe, there was another yeah. oh. constant constitutional force with specific instructions on how to on on how to be racist yeah. and beyond. Yeah. yeah. So I can totally yeah. see like or relate at least. Or yes, you can. Kind of, yes, you can. You know, it's very real in the 40s. Not not. That's not that long ago. No. You know, Melina, when you were sharing that story, <clears throat> it made me think. 
you know, back in the 30s, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Where where your, you know, your family and another black family and another Mexican family and there was sharing there, uh -huh. there was like there was there was love there. Community. Right? Mm -hmm. There was community yeah. there. Mm -hmm. And it made me think, you know, and those are those were different times. Mm -hmm. That was not and correct me if I'm wrong, that was not it's 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 not obvious. It's not like it wasn't easy to be in good neighbor, in like uh -huh. being a good neighbor, mm -hmm. you know, right. when you cross kind of when you cross um, race right. here in here in America, right? Mm -hmm. So it made me think, you know, it's about mindset, and it's also about good yeah, and evil. Good yeah. It's about good and evil as well, yeah, oh, yeah. you know. It's yeah. because <laughs> you know, and and I think evil shows up in racism the, the, like the most, you know. Absolutely. That's like the epitome. Absolutely. And and if you know, it's just. It's pretty unbelievable. Unbelievable, isn't it? because because that was good yeah. when everything around wasn't like today. Right. Mm -hmm. That no. Yeah. And, exactly. And good is 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 deeply rooted. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is generational, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> I was shocked. My dad just told me this this morning. I was completely shocked when he told me, mm -hmm. because I was really trying to get to the bottom of the conversation and yeah. really looking at myself. Yeah. And, and, and wanting to get honest about my own, um, you know, maybe uh, unconscious bias mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that I have, that mm -hmm. I'm not even aware of, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. why. And so that's why I started asking my dad, and that's when we kind of got, and I was completely shocked, but it made sense to me. Yeah. I was like, so, so that means that we can change the conversation, can't Absolutely. we? We can, Absolutely. We can change it generation to generation, because my, right. kids, my kids don't. Don't have any. There's mm -hmm. no lines for them. Mm -hmm. They don't say color. No, no, no. no. They I see don't. people. They see hearts. Yeah. They say good. That's right. We see good yeah. and evil. That's it. You know. In fact, for us, it was infuriating mm -hmm. as kids. Like I, we had, my brother had this light-skinned friend. You know, he was light-skinned, so he was never like. It's funny. We related to him. Like I'm, I'm in the. It's funny you say uh, people didn't know what you were. Well, I'm like in the middle of the middle. Because, because <laughs> he's a wapakin. He's a wapakin. You're, you're a quarter closer in one direction or the other. Bad. I, what ahead. is that anyway? Nobody accepts you. We don't know what to do with you. You're not white. You're not brown. I think we talked about it. Yeah, we're just screwed. So no, I'm kidding. But we related, you know, to that. So it was just infuriating for people to treat people differently based on how they were. To like, I was in a lot of fights as a kid for standing up for him and standing up for other friends like that we were it was a it, it was tough it, it's gotten better and then this this next generation the kids now are they're not they're not mm -hmm. like we were mm -hmm. I, they will not put up no. with it they're yeah. different mm -hmm. i'm so i'm so His grateful kids? for that oh no mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. no way mm -hmm. it's not even a conversation <clears throat> you know um so what you were sharing about your dad mm -hmm. Immediately, I go into suburbs, mm -hmm. right? And even today, if you go to the suburbs, it's mm -hmm. very different than metropolitan, you know, bigger metropolitan areas like mm -hmm. Los Angeles, for example. Mm -hmm. um, and then, if I if I start thinking back in time, uh, when people first migrated to America on the East Coast, right? There was Little Italy, yes. there's Koreatown, yeah. there's Chinatown, yes. right? Yes. There's all this, right? Very clicky still. Mm -hmm. So, how much of that became? Some of the reasoning behind, yeah. right, the the Absolutely. racism, right, because you're you're crossing my you're crossing into my neighborhood now, yeah. right, and right, and all those things that used to take place. So, I, I see I still see that in big cities, mm -hmm. and it starts to blur a little bit in in the suburbs, mm -hmm. um, or it just goes in the closet. I'm not sure yet. Yeah, that's right. I feel like my grandparents got it right though. Like, honestly, because what did they do? They didn't try to change. I think that was the thing that I was the most moved by what my dad shared with me was that they celebrated their differences. That is it. Isn't that it? That they didn't try to change it. anybody. Yeah. My grandfather wasn't like, no, no, you know, you're not going to eat hot peppers. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? No. Yeah. It was, it was celebrating called, it. You called it uh, so many times as an African-American, we feel like, and I can just speak, that we have to assimilate mm -hmm. in order to be ingratiated, in, yeah. in order to be, in order to fit. Yes. <laughs> God didn't design no. us. We're, 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 our looks are different. Mm -hmm. our, 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 what we eat is different. Yes. And we're not designed for that. Mm -hmm. And the reason why there's so many fights and struggles 
what is considered normal and the mainstream, mm-hmm. we don't fit into that. Right. Because we've had to, okay, this is how you're asking me to assimilate. This is how I, I view it. It's like getting every nationality of of races and ethnicities and cultures and people together on a race to run a marathon, right? And so, and they, and they go, on the marriage cassette go, and the Caucasian people go, and the German people go, and the French people go, and different expressions of life go. But then they turn around and they say, okay, no, 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 but African-Americans, we're gonna have you sit in slavery for 400 years. <laughs> And then we're going to give you segregation, and then we're going to give you Jim Crow, then we're going to give you Reconstruction, and then we're going to say, well, catch up, what's the problem? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, catch up. Come on, what's it? Oh yeah. 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 If we can just learn to celebrate that. Yes. we, we yes. got to learn. Not a simulator. I'm so, like I said, your parents were just phenomenal mm-hmm. people because they took, like, I believe it's like in the Jamaican um, foods and the Caribbean foods. One of the things that I, that I was so disappointed of is that my wife and I were supposed to go to Italy this year mm-hmm. for our 25th and we couldn't go. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, man, I'm going to have some pizza over there. <laughs> and come to find out, hey, that's American that's pizza. An that's not, not, hey, not, that's not true all. Italian like, pizza. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah. But it's because People didn't assimilate. They bought their own spin to pizza. Mm-hmm. They bring their own spin to dishes that we mm-hmm. have. This a phenomenal American culture. Yeah. If we would just let everybody have their expressions, everyone have their own uh, ideals and ideologies of life and cooking and, and friendships, and let us come together. Yes. That's how we're going to win. That's right. That's exactly right. I think that was really what I wanted this conversation to be about was... Yeah. I don't want to complain. I don't want to whine. I didn't bring you here to victimize you, mm-hmm. right? I don't want to do that. I want to have a conversation that is honest and that keeps us, like, let's talk about it. Let's talk about the elephant, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and we could go on and on. Like, I, I just learned this whole white guilt thing. Like, okay, oh, yeah. what the hell is that? <laughs> like, what is that about? I don't know, right? Because, okay, so help me understand okay. that. Okay, there's there's several terms I'm okay. going to be educating okay. you okay. on. All right, good. Well, I can't wait to hear. Because I watched somebody walking by. So I watched these kids with, you know, signs. Mm-hmm. And somebody said, oh, that's white guilt right there. And I was like, what is that? I heard See, that. And I and, said, what is that? So white guilt uh, is basically... And that's an error in, in, some of the ideolo- in some of the ideologies of the younger generation. They can't accept the fact there are some genuine, loving Caucasian people mm-hmm. that are concerned with the cause. Yeah. But instead, so you're only here because you're guilty. You know, it's oh. only been here because you've done stuff and you oh. feel guilty. It's, it's not birth or it doesn't have its genesis in a genuine, uh. organic feeling of equal rights for everybody. Got it. Now... Now, have you heard of Karen yet? Oh, yeah, Karen, I did. I just Chad. learned about Karen. Yeah, I heard about them. Yes, thank you to my yeah. my uh, millennial children. They yeah, all explained to yeah, me. Yeah, because yeah. I finally said, I you, know. you don't know. Okay, David? <laughs> Maybe I should say Spoon and Andrew. They, <laughs> they do. You're, you're, yeah. you're on the outside, you know bro. You're on you're, the outside. Actually, you're dad. <laughs> yeah, I'm a dad. You're, you're busy parenting. <laughs> That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. So, Karen? Mm-hmm. So, Karen is... Uh, Karen is a Caucasian lady between 35 and 45 that does not seek resolution, but she calls the cops for everything. Oh, Karen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like the dog incident. Yeah, Karen. There's Karen, Susan, there's mm-hmm. Chad, okay. Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> but on the same token, though, it's how they reflect Tyrone. I mean, you'd, yeah. be, you'd be surprised how many times. Uh, hey, bro, what's your last name? Watkins, uh, Abdul. Like, no, that's not. But <laughs> it just continues. But on the same token, it's celebrate. Let me show you how that can work. Celebrate the differences mm-hmm. and not scorn. Mm-hmm. And not make an individual feel inferior mm-hmm. because they don't look like you. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of it. Man, but it's... <laughs> you know, I'm going to... I'll share something with you that... Because you just kind of triggered this for me. <clears throat> um, so I went to that uh, 
light, uh, candlelight vigil in Temecula with my son. Uh, and I don't know how I feel about it now that you said it, right? But that was exactly my reaction. When I saw white people there, it was like, are you here? Are you here because you're really, really like, you're really here, yeah. or are you here because you're taking you selfies? Yeah. Right? And you want to be caught in that, uh, right? So, uh, and it, and I, I didn't know how to feel about it because yeah. it's it's confusing, yeah. right? Because I want to believe that they're there for the right reason, That's right. but then you're kneeling next to the memorial, getting pictures taken. That's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> right? it's like, so it's okay, like me not so even feeling. I didn't even feel. Oh. I thought it would be. I thought it would be arrogant for me to hold a sign. That's how I felt. Same. I felt like I would just be so, arrogant, and I couldn't do it. So that's why I felt like I just stood with them yeah. and prayed. Mm -hmm. and, and that was me yesterday in downtown Riverside. Mm -hmm. Was I walked with them? Yeah. By uh, the I still had my Marine Corps shirt on, mm -hmm. right? Because for me, it was like what hit me yesterday is what you touched on earlier. Mm -hmm. um, I got emotional yesterday about it, mm -hmm. and I got emotional I for for a few different reasons. Mm -hmm. Uh, an image I won't get out of my head is this young lady stopped at the intersection and she got on the roof of her car. And everybody that went by and made eye contact with her, it was just, I love you. Mm -hmm. I love you. I love you. Right? Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. So She was authentic. So you, you, can, you can sniff out the authenticity. Yeah. Yeah. But African-American lady on top of her car mm -hmm. saying, I love you. Right? Uh, it was be it's just beautiful. And what, what started to happen for me was... Um, in between the other barking that's going on and all the other weird stuff that's being said and all that, more of those things started to show up for me. Mm -hmm. And I think I, she made it okay for me to look out for that mm -hmm. instead of being caught up in the moment of everything that's going on. <clears throat> and then it became, this is why I served. Mm -hmm. yeah. This is why I served. That's good, because people can actually do what they were doing. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. They were able to Absolutely. now be there and delivering a message mm -hmm. that's not being heard and has fallen on deaf ears. Mm -hmm. right? I definitely need to hear that. So that's something that I think you and I need to hold on to, mm -hmm. that what, what we served for mm -hmm. isn't what's prevalent, right? What okay. we served for was to make a change and allow mm -hmm. others to be able to have those rights mm -hmm. and enjoy those freedoms. And I know that rights and freedoms right right now, it's like, it's yeah. a lot of contention with it. Yeah. Uh, but when I look at the flag and I look at that, that that's my belief, right? Yeah, is the, the American flag stands for the rights and freedoms that we all should have right. and we need to continue to fight for. But that was, that was the whole thing that's for me good. yesterday was just taking all that in and so it's uh, in this conversation, of course, as well. So so important to have, so important to have. And I don't I don't want um, the conversation to end, you know, and I think the only thing I can do is influence. If I look back and I look at my grandparents and I think they were nobody. They were just little, this little old, you know, they were this. Seriously, they were nobody, um, but they they the decisions or the choices that they made to live their life in a specific way directly influenced a lot of other people, Amazing. right? Yeah, when phenomenal. you think about it. So, cause I can look at that and go, well, that influenced my dad in the way that I was raised, which mm -hmm. then influenced me in the way that I raised yeah. my children, which is now influencing what yeah. I've been able to create in terms of community. And that's I didn't right. even know it. Yeah. That's huge. Isn't that amazing? That's what needs to become generational. Yes, oh, yes, that's yes. Right. That's, what that's exactly right. That's yeah. exactly right. And all we can hope for is that my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren make a bigger influence, you That's know, right. and, and that we are raising up the, the lawmakers. That's right. That's right. Right? Yeah. And the judges. And the, the judges senators. and the investors. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. right. That's why, again, I, I celebrate what you do. I, 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 every time I was just saying, every time I come in here, <laughs> the energy, it feels so peaceful. Mm -hmm. it's, 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 a, it's one of the few environments that you can walk in consistently even some churches, and I'll just be quite frank with you. Yep. I mean, mm -hmm. we're not even going to open that can, mm -hmm. but that that's is a another, huge. That's another conversation. Holy God bless America can. Mm. Okay. So I have a real problem with that. Like, yeah. I feel like that could be an actual podcast. I like, how is it? Please help me Boy. understand how on one hand... <laughs> 
we said this, and on the other hand, like, yeah. I can't even reconcile yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Right? Rick Warren said something the other day, and he, he, he said something that was so profound. He goes, um, it's, a, it's a man, not a black man, mm. that had his knee, that someone put his knee in his throat mm. and killed him. Mm-hmm. It, and once you start, once you separate your issues yep. and your stereotypes and your and your and your and your own opinions and just see a human being seriously, seriously. a human let right. alone let's move all that out that's a human mm-hmm. being oh, if it was an animal we'd yeah, all yeah we would have been oh, going nuts out, are you crazy it's, true. it's totally true oh, totally true i don't understand how Nazi. anybody isn't outraged oh i think how everybody isn't outraged i don't think there's anyone who's not yeah. i mean i'm sure there's some sick one yeah, yeah, I think those are few and far between, right? Yeah, well, um, I guess we've, uh, it's a good time to wrap it up. So I feel like uh, we could continue this conversation in Slack and we get you to come back maybe and talk about, uh, talk about, continue this conversation. Again, I don't want it to be just the, you know, the, the one hit wonder, you know, because of the moment. Yeah, and I want Emotionally to say, driven. I want to say to you, and, and just the whole, you know, NWAC, for you all to use the influence and your, 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 you know, the format and just how you guys are not afraid to tackle tough issues speaks to the integrity of what you stand for. That, that I, I mean, integrity is, is a word you rarely even hear. Mm-hmm. And that speaks to your integrity, and I'm glad that I'm a part of it. I appreciate that. We love you so much. We're so grateful for you. So uh, we're in WAC and we're flipping out. I'm Melina Boswell, your host of the Flippin' Off podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you did, we'd love for you to subscribe, give us a five-star rating, and tell your friends all about us. You can find more episodes of the Flippin' Off podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever else you like to listen to awesome podcasts like this. If you like what you've heard, we'd really appreciate it if you'd follow us on Facebook and Instagram and tell us the stories that you'd like to hear. Tim Jackson is our senior producer. Luke Jackson is our editor. Brothers. Josh Maldin is our producer. Sound design by Frequency Factory. Our executive producer is Mind and Mill. This was all created by Dave Boswell for New Wealth Advisors Club.